Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. What's happening, everybody? It is Eric J. Olson again for part two of our double header of the live recording of the Managing Partners podcast. So the Managing Partners podcast is where we speak with top managing partners of top law firms in America and find out what they're doing to fill their pipeline and to get more clients and to grow their firm. Now, we usually speak with managing partners, but today we have a special guest on a non-managing partner who actually works and coaches with managing managing partners and other lawyers to help them do the exact same thing through business development. So let me bring on Steve Fretzen. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Thanks. Great. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Driven, focused, and passionate about helping attorneys to reach their full potential, Steve Fretzen is regarded as the premier coach, skills trainer, and keynote speaker on business development for attorneys. Over the past 17 years, Steve has devoted his career to helping lawyers master the art of business development to achieve their business goals and the peace of mind that comes with developing a successful law practice. Today, we have Steve Fretzen on the Managing Partners Podcast. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you making the time. I love your background. Be that yeah, I got, lawyer. I got a little. Jordan. I got a little mix of my my of my tagline. Be that lawyer, the one everyone's talking about at the firm. And then you got the Michael Jordan, which is like the you know, hey, listen, let's go get it. That's autographed from 1995. I picked that up. Ooh, and uh, wow. yeah, it's my prized possession. And uh, I'm not a big memorabilia guy, but that's that's the treasure. That's awesome. That's the rarity, I would imagine. A little bit. Oh, good for you. Actually, I have a, a bunch of questions that I want to ask you. But be that lawyer. That phrase. How did that come about? So I was was working with some marketing guys and we were trying to figure out like what encapsulates what I do for a lawyer differently than anyone else. And they came up with be that lawyer, the one everyone's talking about. So I say confident, organized, a skilled rainmaker, but you know, be that, you know, you could say, oh, you're that lawyer and that could be a bad thing. But if you're that lawyer, then it could be a good thing. So it was a little tricky to like figure out the specifics of how that was going to play out. But when we went back and forth, it it really rang true for the lawyers that I work with that they have become that lawyer at the firm that everyone's talking about, the one who's making it rain, the one who's yep. making it happen, bringing in that business. That's awesome. No, I, I like it. It's short. It's to the point. It makes you think a little bit. So I like it a lot. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about what you do and the kinds of clients that you work with. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm not a, I'm not an attorney. I got pulled kicking and screaming into this industry in the recession of 2008. It was a little foreign to me because I never really thought that lawyers needed help with their business development or growing their law practice or building out a firm. Mostly I had spent my time with entrepreneurs and sales teams. And so what lawyers really appreciated and found with me was that I teach what's called sales-free selling. So what is that? Well, lawyers hate selling. They hate being sold to. They hate sales. It's just, it's in their DNA. They hate it. So what I've done is I've taken all the content that they hate. I throw it out the window and I say, let's work on a process that involves listening, questioning, qualifying, consulting, empathy, you know, skills that everyone has, but need to be honed in order to develop business and, and attract the business without ever feeling salesy. And so uh, this is all I've done for the last really 12 to 15 years. And um, it's been unbelievable working with lawyers. And I work with some of the smartest, nicest, most fun people in the world. So I wouldn't change a thing. No, that's great. I mean, like no, no one wants to feel you know, certainly uh, slimy. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes like salesy is a 
associated with that, right? There's, we've all seen it, we've all experienced it. But you know, it seems like at the, at least in my opinion, at the end of the day, a good salesperson is going to have the same kinds of discussions with prospects that you were just talking about, right? That you have to be empathetic, you have to understand the problem, you have to know that you can help them with their problem. And it, it seems like there's good ways to kind of express that, and maybe a, a not so good ways, right? Yeah. So I, I know you, you say like, uh, you know, not not salesy, but is this kind of like, not, I want to say a sales process, but a, a way of getting to the same end result, just in a, a more um, palatable manner? Yeah. So the so most lawyers just wing it, right? They just go about it the way they do it, or they go through sheer effort and force. They do it the way their mentor taught them to do it. What they're not recognizing is that buyers have changed, right? The way people buy things, buy legal services is very different than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And so having a process, a plan, a process, a way to execute it, that makes it all about the prospective buyer and less about you. And it takes, a, it takes the pressure off of talking rates. It takes the pressure off of having to sell or pitch, which is, hey, let's go on a pitch meeting. And that's, I teach the opposite. I teach, you don't convince, you don't solve, you don't sell, you don't pitch. There's none of it until you've completely like built in this relationship with trust and understanding right. and empathy. And you understand their problem at a level where they want you. And I have some clients that don't even really pitch at all. They just get papers signed. They get their, you know, uh, agreement signed and it's, it's off to the races. And so it's a little, it's just, a, but it takes time to learn how to use any process. If I want to be a great golfer, I could read a book on golf or I could go on the golf course like I usually do and, you know, hack it up. The reality is if you really want to be a great golfer, you have to spend six months to a year with a pro. You have to continue to make mistakes and improve. And that's sort of the way business development is. And we have to put effort and thought into it. And, and most people don't, which is a shame, but you know, again, it sort of is what it is. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add one other thing that I think you need to do to that list. Um, you need to practice, right? So yeah, you, of course you're going to, you're going to pay for the time with the pro, but then you have to go to the driving range and you have to exercice, right? You have, you have to exercise that new skill and you have to hit ball after ball after ball after ball. You know, like we have a very um, a structured sales training program here and every day we role play. Yeah? Okay. And so this is where you want to do it in front of your peers instead of just winging it in front of a prospect. These prospects, you know, they're hard to come by sometimes. You don't want to mess up. And so you don't want to do this for the very first time in a game time situation, right? You want to do it in practice. You need to practice. So I'm going to add one more thing because I think it's really important. So the saying is practice makes perfect. However, Lombardi explained to his team, it's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. And you may have mm -hmm. heard that before. You may not have heard that, but essentially what it's saying is you can practice the same things over and over again, and maybe you get better, but most people don't. They're just practicing improperly or incorrectly. So when you talk about role-playing, you're right on the money, but what can you learn from a role-play? So for example, my clients go on meetings, they leave the meeting, they call me up. They say, look, I just had this meeting. Here's what happened. And then I start tearing it apart bit by pit, bit by bit, finding the mistakes, finding the areas that didn't go, they didn't have a next step. They didn't get to the real decision maker. They talked about rates too soon and they start. And now what's the important part that the next meeting they go on, they're going to not make the same missteps. They're going to improve. So it's practice, improve, practice, improve, practice, yeah. improve. Eventually you don't have to practice. You know, you're not making the same mistakes anymore. They're all in the, in the rearview mirror. I love it. I think that the service that you provide is it just dovetails perfectly with the service that we provide, right? So as a digital marketing agency, our, our job is to, to get the attention of prospects top of funnel, right? And then get them to the point where they're convinced enough to like, you know, make a phone call or submit a form, but, but that's only half of the equation to fill in a pipeline, right? We, we can get people knocking on the pipeline door, but you got to get them in. And so that's where like you come in. Right. And so I, I think it dovetails perfectly with what we do and, and what you do dovetails perfectly with us. Right. Yep. Is that we can get them there, but they need, you know, the, the attorneys and it's usually the attorneys. I don't think there's a whole lot of law firms that have you know, salespeople. So these attorneys have to understand 
how to nurture and bring people in and what they should say that's correct and maybe what things they should avoid saying or say it a little bit differently. And a lot of times it's just a tweak. So as an example, um, uh, when I signed up for the, the sales training for my company, what I noticed is the the person who pitched us, the salesperson for the, the sales training company, by the way, he was really, really good. Imagine that. He would have a slide deck and it would have bullet points. And I do the same thing. We all do the same thing, right? You have a slide deck and it has bullet points. And what he would say is, now, what about this do you like? And I would be like, oh, I really like bullet number one and bullet number three. And I realized I was telling him exactly what I wanted. Whereas what I would ask in a situation in the past was, here's all these bullet points. What are your concerns? What don't you like? And I try to draw it out of them versus trying to draw out the positive. Just a subtle, subtle little change like that can have an enormous impact. Do you do you see things like that as well with the folks you coach? Yeah, I mean, it's all about, I, I you know, had an interview with a guy with a guy today who's interested in going out on his own and uh, starting his own firm. And my job was to, to get in the trenches with him and ask him what he's done, what he needs to do and try to identify those gaps. And in some cases, they don't know what they don't know. So what I'll do is I'll start throwing out multiple choice options and letting him start to say, oh yeah, no, I don't do that. Or I don't have that. Oh, I need that. And so you, sometimes you can get it out of somebody and sometimes you need to, you know, give them a little pepper it a little bit to get the answers. But at the end of the day, the mantra is prescription before diagnosis is malpractice. And that goes in marketing and sales and business development alike. We always want to know what the diagnosis is first so that we can properly prescribe. And when lawyers go on a pitch meeting or they put things up that are solutions too soon, I think it's a misstep to what they really should be doing, which is a lot more of the of the diagnosis. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, uh, but before we go any further, can, can you kind of clarify what, you know, what type of clients you work for? Because if I understand correctly, it's the individual more so than the firms. Yes, that is correct. So I really have two different offerings that I focus on. One is a full-blown coaching and training program that anyone that's a managing partner, an equity partner, anyone that's looking to dramatically grow business would enter into this program. And the, the gist is in eight months, let me teach you everything I know and let me turn you into an assassin. You'll have it for the rest of your career. It's internalized. So it's not just teaching someone to fish, it's making them a bass pro. And that program has been incredibly successful for many years because no one's spending that much time with lawyers the way I am. I'm in the trenches with them, you know, in some cases, 40, 50 hours to get them to learn all this stuff and internalize it. The other program is what I call a Rainmakers Roundtable. And what I'm doing here is, is a little bit of coaching for managing partners, but I'm putting them in a roundtable with other managing partners, some that do a million plus, some that do as much as 10 million. And I'm letting them work together as a strategic partner team, advisory team to help each other. And I facilitate, there's again, some coaching, but I'm really facilitating them, holding each other accountable, sharing best practices. And so when things come up about my culture's bad or we're losing people to poacher, you know, recruiters or any of the managing partner stuff that's going on, I let them go after it. And of course I step in when I have to, because I know enough to be dangerous and together they're walking away with three, four, five tactical, actionable things to do out of every monthly meeting. And I just love that. I just find that to be so rewarding. I, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Certainly being in a mastermind is fantastic. I'm in a few and each one that I've joined, I can just tell distinctly before and after. Now, for, for you and your clients, so I guess for your clients, really, what's, what's it like for them coming into like uh, working with you? Like, what, what are some of the just the problems that they're struggling with where they, they reach out to you? Yeah, primarily it's that they they either don't know why they're not doing better than they're doing as far as like building a book of business. And someone might be at two or three million or, or even five million and still not know why they're not at 10, right? And what I'm able to 
to do in about a 30 minute conversation is go through and ask a series of questions. And my job is to find the gaps, right? That's my job. And so what happens in some instances, it's almost like in a half an hour, I've just found a pile of money that's yeah. sitting on the table and they've been walking around that pile for potentially years because they just weren't able to see that money right in front of them and that opportunity right in front of them. Now that could be, they're not cross marketing with their firm, with their team properly. It could be that they're so entrenched in the work yeah. because they never figured out how to properly delegate or how to rep replicate themselves or him or herself. It could be that they just don't have a good plan or process of how to approach business development. Again, they've just been winging it, which has always been the MO for lawyers. I mean, there's no, they're not learning this stuff in law school or yeah. at the law firm level in most cases. So the idea that that they can, that you know, they, so coming into a program, you know, they're, they're just, they're really open-minded or they're not my client. You know, the, the lawyers that know everything already, they're not going to hire me because they know everything already. Just ask, all right? The ones that have open minds that say, look, there's a guy who's worked with all these lawyers and had all these great successes. Maybe it's worth taking some time with him and then slowly vetting to see if it's a good fit. And if it is, then the floodgates open and in many cases, everything changes. Now, one of the questions that I like to ask managing partners that come onto the show is what are your growth plans for the next two to five years for you know, this question I think is applicable to, to you in the context of your clients, which are managing partners. What kind of, what kind of maybe results or like growth plans do they actually formulate as a result of coming through this program? Yeah. I mean, this may not be the best answer, but it's sort of like, it depends. So, so some lawyers, they've got the support, the background, the staff, the team to really jump in and get dramatic growth, whether it's for them or it's for people, you know, just their whole firm, like how do they build it? And others they're they need to fix things before they can really grow. I mean, there's lawyers, as you know, right now, Eric, that are so busy that if I said, Hey, let's do business development, let's grow, you know, let's, mm -hmm. let's add another $10 million. They would, they wouldn't know what to do with it. They're, they're having to give away business now because they can't keep up with the flow. So it's it. And I don't handle the operation side. Like that's not like, I've got partners that deal with that. But like, if I find that they've got some cultural challenges, they've got some internal, you know, political issues, they've got a DEI issue, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, things that, you know, they've got to fix first, then either I'll address them or bring someone in to address them. And then we can start looking at, you know, that dramatic growth that they may want. But uh, some firms are just trying to hold on and some firms are saying, no, we got to build. Yeah. What are some typical problems that you see that, that span most of your clients? Yeah. The majority of my clients where we're, we're focusing specifically on business development, meaning, you know, how do we, you know, physically go out and get business? Their social media presence and how they're using LinkedIn is non-existent. We find that they're uh, maybe they're getting to the table, but they don't know how to run an effective meeting. So what they're doing is they're making the pitch. The GC will say, this is great. We'll get back to you. And then they're ghosted, right? Yep. So that's a, a normal problem that happens. Uh, or they're just not getting a seat at the table. They're not getting invited to have an opportunity because they're not putting in the groundwork, right? Development of strategic partnerships, development of, of their internal players for cross-marketing. They're not getting, oh, this is the top. They're not getting business, additional cross-marketing, upsell and, and quality introduction from their clients. That's a skill. That's not, that's a scary, scary thing, but it's a learned skill that if you can follow process and language to approach a client in a non-salesy way, identify that they know a bunch of GCs that you should be talking to and they can make a quality introduction to get you in the door at a high level. Boom. And by the way, just to add, this report just came out uh, through, um, I think above the law, 
from a Walters Kluwer reporter, writer, 25% of GCs are ready, willing, and able to move to change law firms. Okay. They're not, that's up from 13% a year or two ago. So like right now to be a business developer could be the most important thing to do for your yeah. firm because there's opportunity. Somebody's going to get it. And the question is, is it going to be you? Love it. No, I, I think you're spot on. And, uh, you know, once again, I, I think that what you provide just dovetails perfectly with the service that we provide. It's, you know, these two things that you need to do to, to fill your pipeline, get the attention of your prospects and get them to contact you. And then once they contact you, you have to handle them properly. You have to nurture them. You have to say things in an appropriate way. And uh, you may be the best lawyer in the world. But uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to develop any business because of that. Uh, your reputation obviously takes you far, but it's not going to take you to where you want to go every single time. Yeah, we have to do more now than we've ever done. And so the idea that, you know, we, we can delegate things, whether it's marketing, whether it's basic level business development, LinkedIn skills, we can delegate administrative stuff. We can delegate down to associates to get the work done. We need to open up our time, not only to grow business, but also quite frankly, to have have the balance of eating healthy, working out, spending time with family. You don't want to work 80 hours a week and grow a book and then, you know, fall apart because, you know, you're not, you're not really taking care of the other side of your life. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this has been great, Steve. I really appreciate your time. If yeah, a managing you. partner who's listening wants to reach out to you or if anyone wants to get more information, what is a good way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So the easiest way is to email me directly at steve at fretson.com or to just go to my website, check out more about what we do. And then obviously there's a contact page you can fill out, but you know, it's really easy to get in touch with me. I'm, you know, I'm happy to talk with anyone that's highly motivated to have a conversation and see if we're a fit. I, I don't take on everyone that I meet. I turn away people as often as I take them on. You've got to have the right mindset and it's got to be the right timing to engage someone like myself because it's a player and a coach. If the player doesn't play, then the coach doesn't look great, right? And I'm not interested in not looking great and I'm not interested in not getting results. So it's got to, it's two to tango. So if you're ready to tango or at least to have a conversation about the dance, I'm happy to take that call. Awesome. Well, all right, everybody. If you're ready to tango with Steve, go to his website. By the way, I love the fact that you got your last name.com. I wish I could get Olson.com, but that was taken like a uh, hundred years ago yeah, so, not, as many, yeah not, as many fret, not as many frets out there we're, we're not as many apparently so yeah tuned. if you're looking if you're looking for business development help and coaching contact steve if you're looking for marketing help contact my company at arraylaw.com we're a digital marketing agency that focuses on law firms in particular things like websites search engine optimization online advertising and google and facebook and social media content and if you're looking for more podcast episodes like this check out our library of podcast episodes at arraylaw.com slash podcast. All right, Steve. Thanks so much. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Likewise.